Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Nikki Ship, and I will be your puzzle master today. Welcome again back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. Last week, we talked about autistic burnout and how underrated this condition is. And I'll say it again, if you have not heard of autistic burnout or unfamiliar with that term, I highly recommend that you look into that. It is a, it's, it's an unusual condition, but it's something that I think needs to be addressed and highlighted. This week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, food. So I a little I don't know if you guys know a little bit about me, but I'm going to share a little bit about me so that you understand how I do know a little bit more maybe about this topic. But um, I actually have an undergrad degree in human nutrition. I have a, a kind of an eclectic background when it comes to my educational career, but but uh, I do have a bachelor's degree in human nutrition, and I feel really lucky that I have this degree because even before I knew Drayson was on the spectrum, I had been implementing some things to to help him when he was just a, even a newborn. So um, I, I put this knowledge to work before I even knew that he was on the spectrum. And um, I will say that it has helped me in many areas with him, but it is still something that is a big struggle for us in our household with Drayson. So, um, you know, you have to be strong when it comes to even introducing new foods sometimes. And you have to be open to the fact that it might not work right away, right? I think we can all agree, even with our little ones, like when you first introduce a food, they might reject it. And so I'm going to pose a question. If, if you can guess, how many times do you think that you should introduce a food before a child decides that they're going to like it or not? Can you take a guess on what you think that number might be? It's up to 30 times. And that is for a neurotypical child or neurotypical person. This could be even more exposure times for someone on the spectrum. And the reason being is because a lot of kids on the spectrum have food, food aversions. And it is a real thing. It has to do with their sensory processing. And food can set off different sensory triggers. Uh, textures, smells, um, there's all sorts of different things that can that can happen. So you're not just looking at exposing maybe 30 times. I'm going to say you might have to expose 50 or 60 times before the child will take in the food. And I started exposing Drayson at a really young age to foods without even knowing yet that he was on the spectrum. So there are, it's so funny because I do talk to a lot of other parents that have their kids on the spectrum and they're like, you can get them to eat some vegetables. You can get them to eat some fruits. Like I can't get them to eat any of that. A lot of kids on the spectrum are drawn to what we call white flower foods. So anything that is coated with breading, which Drayson absolutely is. He is a chicken nugget kid all the way. Um, Anything that's breaded, white bread, uh, anything made with white flour, they tend to like. So 
trying to not necessarily break them of the habit of that, but lessen it and increase food exposures um, with different foods can be a difficult thing. So my first piece of advice is to just start simple. Okay, find out what textures they like and they do not like and start with foods that um, that don't have those textures. Okay, if they're if they're if you know something maybe more slimy or what appears more slimy is going to set them off, don't introduce those foods just yet. Start with some other foods. Um, do not get into radical or restrictive diets, okay, unless advised by your, your um, health care professional. Um, every, everybody's biochemistry is different. And I'm going to encourage that you don't necessarily get into any radical or restrictive diets um, such as um, dairy-free, gluten-free, things like that, unless you think that there's an allergy or a problem, then go get them tested. Have them tested, find out if there's a true allergy or a condition present, and then um, and then be careful you know, with what, how you're implementing those. But I would only do it under the guidance of a healthcare professional, okay? Um, I, I do believe that we have a lot of gluten in our diets generally anyway as people, right? As a society, um, I don't necessarily believe in being completely gluten-free. So I do tend to um, watch that in Drayson, but it's not something that if, you know, it's just like anything. If you give a kid too much sugar, they start bouncing off the walls. Gluten can set off lots of different things. So I am not necessarily, we are not gluten-free in our home, but, and he does not have a gluten allergy. He has been checked, he has been tested, and um, Drayson does not have to worry about being on a restrictive diet. So my the advice that I'm giving you is more of quick tips. This isn't something that you should by any means do just because I'm telling you, but um, but at the same time, you go to your resources that you have that can help you with that appropriately. Uh, peer modeling can help. That's a really big deal. I remember one time we had one of Drayson's peers over and... Um, I remember his mom said to me, oh, he doesn't eat any fruits and vegetables. And Drayson asked for an apple. And all of a sudden, he walked up and he asked for an apple. <laughs> and it's because he saw Drayson eating the apple. So she was, like, amazed. So I think it's funny because what um, what you don't realize is that they do want to, to have similarities to people, even though they don't want to necessarily interact with each other. So... Um, there's lots of different things you can do, and I brought just a few examples today. So for those that are of you that are listening, um, I'll try to describe these. But you, make it fun. Um, Drayson doesn't like his food touching, okay? And so I had to come up with ways to get him to eat without food touching or sending it that way in lunch with lunch. And so I got tired of putting everything in baggies. So I found these bento boxes, and you can see that they have a divider in there. And they come with all these different colored tops. So it's like, for those of you listening, it's a, it's like a Tupperware container, and it has three different compartments in it, uh, one large enough to maybe pit, fit the size of a sandwich, maybe put some fruit on the other side. Usually with Drayson, I will put in a sandwich or maybe a little pasta right here, and then I will do like some cucumbers and blackberries in the two little smaller ones, so he's getting some fruits and vegetables. Um, and they come with different color tops. So what I usually do, um, like this has an orange or red, a blue and a green top. So what I usually do with Drayson is in the morning when I'm prepping his lunch for school, I'll hold these up and I'll ask him, what color top do you want 
with your lunchbox today, on your, on your lunchbox today. And I let him pick the color. And the reason why I do that is because I want him to feel involved in what I'm doing. And then I'll ask him, would you like a sandwich? Would you like some butter noodles? Would you like um, some chicken? So I ask him different questions of what he would like in the main dish. And then I usually will give him a, a couple different options. So would you like cucumbers or carrots? And would you like raspberries or blueberries? And I think it's important because you're involving them then in their meal prep. And you're involving them in the decision of that. So that has been hugely helpful for us as well with Drayson. Um, and then I also have like plate dividers that we use. So these plate dividers are really great because, um, and you can get these on Amazon. These ones are dishwasher safe and I think microwavable too. You can put them in the microwave. Um, but same thing, because they have the divider, I can separate his food and uh, plate his food, and I know he's eating He's eating his food. And then you just got to try to teach him to take their dishes to the sink, <laughs> which is a whole other episode. Um, but anyway, those really, those types of things have helped us in our home. And again, including them in where, you know, what what would you like on your plate or whatever we're serving, even letting them decide where to put it on their plate divider could sometimes uh, speak volumes for them. So um, research, uh, there's, there's a couple terms I'm going to shout out here to you guys that I'm going to encourage you guys to research. One is called food chaining and the other one is called sensory-based food play. Both are methods that you can help introduce new foods. Um, it's not something that I'm necessarily going to delve into. That might be maybe another f- future podcast episode. Um, but those are some methods that you can use. And if you research those, if you Google those, um, put, just put in like food chaining or sensory-based food play, you'll find probably a lot of blogs. There's some really great blogs. A lot of dietitians too, will write some blogs about that. And um, kind of explaining how you can incorporate that and make it fun in your home. So um, work with a a food specialist like a dietitian. Um, See if they have any recommendations or anything that they can help you with. I know some state programs, and I again, I can only speak to here in Arizona, but um, I know state programs do have, especially when you have state services, they might have a provider that can help with uh, food allergies or food aversions to help um, to help your child start eating. So that um, I had one mom that told me that she could only get her son to eat crackers and nothing more. So she had to bring in some help to try to help with those food exposures. And sometimes that's helpful for you too as a parent, right? It, we Sometimes we have to remove ourselves from the situation and let somebody else help us do it so that we can still go on and be mom and dad and we're not going to be the bad guys, right? Um, the other thing that I want to point out is gut health. And I'm not going to get too much into the science of it. Again, um, I am... I am not a licensed dietitian, but I do have the bachelor's degree in nutrition, so I do have some knowledge about gut health, and I think that it's important for everyone, not just for kids on the spectrum. But pre and probiotics are really helpful for kids. Um, Supplements are beneficial as well, and um, I believe that everyone should be on some sort of a supplement because I think that it's really hard for us to get anything that we can get. We can't get everything on a daily basis that we need. Um, with our food quality and processing and everything else that's that happens, taking a supplement's always a good idea too. 
And um, I think that that's super important. So I do have Drayson on a pre and probiotic and um, some supplements. Um, this is something that I have been looking into and actually speaking with Drayson's psychiatrist about it, we are looking into some new supplements for him that have uh, more amino acids in them because I think that's he needs a little something more of that. He doesn't get, he gets a fair amount of protein, but not a lot of protein. And that's something that we're trying to work on. But in the meantime, uh, my plan is let's try to get him some more uh, amino acid supplements and see if that, that if that helps him. So I am working with his psychiatrist, and um, and I found a, a company that we're kind of researching right now to see if that might be a fit for Drayson. So um, as always, like I said, consult your physician or a dietitian if you have any more questions about maybe using some sort of supplement to help your child and make sure that they're getting the nutrients that they need. And it's different for everybody. Everybody's biochemistry is different. And there is no one, there's no one size fits all in this scenario when it comes to nutrition for, and I think that that's what makes this a little bit difficult. At the end of every episode, we want to highlight a story Um, of families celebrating their wins or maybe a special moment or something where you realize that your child was capable. So if you have a story that you would like to share with us, please email in the show at info at piecesformypuzzle.com and we'll read your story. And if we decide that we're going to go ahead and um, if if we're going to go ahead and read that story, we will let you know. And um, I would love to, I'd love to read the stories and and hear all of the bright moments that you've had with your kiddo on the spectrum. Um, Today, I'm going to tell you actually a really, really funny story about Drayson and one of his little peers that we carpool with. The story is actually more about him than it is about Drayson. But we um, have some dear friends that we carpool with that um, also have a, a son on the spectrum. So we, we do carpooling to and from school. And we were driving to school the other day, and um, this particular bright, young, sweet boy was talking to me a lot about dinosaurs. And in comparison to Drayson, he's extremely verbal. He talks really well. He speaks very well versus Drayson kind of speaks more in fragmented fragmented sentences. So we got into a conversation in the car about dinosaurs. So we're talking about dinosaurs and um, and we're talking about, you know, different types of dinosaurs and what we think they eat. And this little boy says to me, um, you know, what do you think mammoths eat? He started talking about mammoths and how big they are and what do you think mammoths eat? And I said, I don't know. What do you think they eat? And the reason why I asked him is because I figured, oh, he's probably read something in a book and he probably has some fun facts and he probably knows more about this than I do. So I said, I said, what do you, I don't know. What do you think that they eat? And he said to me, and I'm going to try to get through this without starting to laugh hysterically, but he said to me, fresh bush. And I said, what? (laughs) And he said, fresh bush. And I said, oh. And he goes, you know, trees and shrubs and fresh bush. I said, oh, you mean fresh greens. (laughs) You mean like fresh greens. And he says, yeah, fresh bush. Okay, so I I was almost to school, thank God, and I it I was trying really hard not to laugh, and part of it was because I didn't want him to feel embarrassed. I didn't want him to think that what he said was wrong. So as soon as I dropped them off at school, I proceeded to laugh profusely and then call his mother to share 
what a wonderful, beautiful moment that we had um, about what mammoths eat. So uh, it was a it was a fun filled day morning for me. That kind of made my morning that morning. So very laughable moment. So. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please email in the show at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. And uh, this concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pieces for My Puzzle. If you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to friends and family so that we can help create better support and awareness to the autism community. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform that you use. And that concludes our episode for today. Until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care.